There was many times that you would smell them and hear them. My dad and I used to go running at night up to the falls. It is just down the old logging road from our house. There are no lights out there. All you have is the moon on a good night, so it was very dark. We had just enough light to see, but not a full moon. And there was this high brush and, and trees on both sides of the road. We were just getting close to the, the falls when we stared to smell it. There is no way to put it to words. It's musty and rotten and a little like wet dirt. We had no idea that it was just up ahead about 50 feet or so. It moved so fast that you could not really see it. Just a big, fast, dark movement, but we heard it hit the brush like a truck. The brush here is very dense with a lot of blackberry vines and trees. It just crashed through them like they were nothing. It moved through the brush going to the falls, and you couldn't hear it anymore. Dad and I knew what it was they were up there all the time you hear them, smell them. They'd get up in the trees and throw things around so we weren't all that socked, but this one was closer than normal, so we went home. The next day we went back and found that it had cut a path through the brush almost nine feet wide and smashed everything in its path. Small trees were just broken off and grooves were left in the ground about every eight feet or so. I don't know how long it was. We didn't want to walk it. In closing, I would like to say that I have been around all kinds of animals and have smelled bear and yes, they are up there too, but the bear up there too, but the bear up there are not so big and bear does not smell like that. If you ever smelled it, you would know the difference. This happened to me two years ago when I took my fiance on her first backcountry camping trip. I have always been a bigger camper and love backpacking backcountry, and so I thought I would take her to one of my favorite places. This was in early September and was kind of an end of summer trip. It was her and I along with my dog. We were backpacking up to a lake in the Alpine Lakes Wilderness, which is a remote area in the Cascades just east from Seattle. It is about a one-two day hike up depending on your shape and how quickly you are trying to get it out. It is very deep and far away from any civilization. The trailhead we started on is about an hour and a half from any town, and not many people use it. We park and there are no other cars around, and we decide to get started. We had been hiking for six or seven hours, and everything is going normal, until one random moment. My dog was running without his leash on. I always keep him off leash when we are backcountry and is about 100 feet up the trail ahead of us when he stops and starts snarling and whining. I think that maybe he sees something and get my bear spray out, just in case it may be a black bear or something. Instead, out pops this older man, probably in his late 50s, with a huge beard, and he looked really dirty and homeless with a very small pack. My dog starts freaking out and barking at this point, which is strange because he usually loves people. I put my spray away and leash my dog... And the guy stops to talk to us, and I apologize for my dog. There was something off about him. I'm not sure what it was, but he was strange. Asking us where we were going, how long we were going to be staying, etc. I was getting this strange vibe, and eventually try to cut the conversation short with him and tell him we have to keep going. We part ways and continue on, and I can tell me fiancé kind of creeped out by it. At this point, I try not to think much of it because I've come across strange people on the trail all the time. She is scared, saying, but we are so far away from other people, what would happen if he tried to hurt us, etc. I try to calm her down and say she is safe with me. 
About one hour later, it's getting dark, and I decide to stop and make camp. As the night goes on, she forgets about the whole thing, and we get ready to go to bed. We fall asleep, and all is good until I wake up in the middle of the night, to my dog growling under his breath, staring out of our tent. I look out and try to see if anything was there. The moon was out, and it was a clear sky, and as my eyes adjust, I start making out a figure of a man. I start freaking the F out and begin thinking about the guy we ran into before. Why the F is he outside our tent this late? Why would he turn around and come back up the trail if he was hiking out? I try to hush my dog and prevent my fiancé from waking up to prevent her from freaking out as well. I slowly slipped my hand into my pack and pulled my 357 caliber out of my pack that I always carry loaded with me backcountry and laid there trying to keep my eyes on him. I laid there for what felt like hours, until eventually he just kind of slipped away into the darkness. I didn't go back to sleep and laid there until the sun came up, freaking out at any sound of moment or twigs breaking. The next morning we wake up and I tell my fiancé that we should just go look at the lake and head back. It was only an hour or so away at that point. She was confused, but didn't ask why. I didn't want to freak her out and tell her what happened the night before, but I really wanted to get the F out of there. The whole way up to the lake and hiking out to our car, I kept my 357 caliber on my waist with my hand close to it. We never ran into him or saw him again, and I never told my fiancé about what happened because I didn't want her to be afraid of future trips. But it still creeps me out, and I can't figure out why the F he came back up there and what he was planning on doing. I was just grateful I had my gun and dog, otherwise I probably would have been even more freaked out. My dad told me this story. He swears on his life it's true. Well, anyway, his friends owned a plane and was going to fly up and try to spot some elk. They spotted some and stuck my dad off into the woods. Around four o'clock, nothing was seen, so he was walking through this clear-cut and hurdy unusual sound. He looked up and seen an animal standing on two legs that was screaming at him. He said that it was grayish in color. He said it was around 100 yards away and no way possible could have been a bear. He also said it made some of the weirdest noises he'd ever heard. After it was done screaming at whatever, he said it turned around and walked back into the forest on two legs. Went on my first solo camping trip when I was around 21 years old. Took my miniature Doc Shun with me. Stayed in a remote campground where there was hardly anyone around. In the middle of the night, I was woken up several times by the sound of chanting, yelling, and singing from across the river. Not in the campground itself, but within hearing distance. Freaked out, I snuggled up to my dog and finally fell asleep with her on my chest. In the middle of the night, I woke up with a jolt, a chill going through my body. Opened my eyes, tipped my head back, and looked through the tiny square vent in the tent directly behind my head. An older man's face was looking in at me through the tent window. A man with long black hair and big black eyes. I was so terrified I couldn't move. I couldn't even make a sound. I certainly tried. At some point, my dog, a miniature dachshund, sensed my tension and woke up too. She was still sleeping smack dab in the center of my chest. She looked out the window directly at whatever it was that was behind me and let out a single, sharp, growling bark. The moment she barked, my body relaxed 
and I was able to move again, and I realized I may have been asleep and experiencing sleep paralysis the whole time. There was nobody behind the tent anymore. It's very possible it was all a very realistic, freaky dream. A fellow firefighter who moved to Anchorage that was a friend had a surprising encounter with his wife and his buddy and his buddy and his buddy's wife on two quads. They were on two ATVs, and it was on Revilla ATVs, and it was on Revilla Island about 12 miles north of Ketchikan. It was the bottom of the Brown Mountain Road, and it was the scene of a pretty hair-raising encounter with what really seemed to have been an irate Sasquatch which reportedly chased these two couples who were four-wheeling down Brown Mountain in August two years ago. That's August 2011, and I'll just call him Curtis. He's a personable 27-year-old Ketchikan outdoorsman. He's moved up to Anchorage now, and he worked here in retail, and he worked here in retail and did EMT and firework, firefighting in his off hours. He was able to give these details, which I corroborated with the other witnesses. In Curtis' words, basically, I'll just read my recording. On the evening of August 26, 2011, I was with my girlfriend and another couple on 2-4, Wheelers. We were having an evening ride on the Brown Mountain Road to the top of the clear cut that's 3,000. That's up near maybe 1,500 feet. We had parked our trucks around 8 p.m. at the paintball gravel quarry halfway along the road that's still closer to sea level. Some miles away, and we rode our four-wheelers to Harriet Hunt Lake and all around the area before going up the Brown Mountain Road sometime around 11 p.m., up to the top of the mountain for a while, then back down. It wasn't raining and we had moonlight, so we just kept riding until 11.45 p.m., and then turned around to come back down. My friends were ahead of us, and we were just trying to see how far down the road we could coast in neutral. My girlfriend and I, who is his wife now, just past the campsite by the bridge and creek near the bottom of the road when I thought I heard footsteps running down the road behind us. And then my girlfriend looked around and said, something's chasing us. I kicked the quad into gear and accelerated to over 40 miles per hour, but I could hear that it was still following us. It was fast, that's for sure. Well, he continued, it was just near the bottom of the road where Brown Mountain Road meets White River Road that I made a quick decision to slow down a bit to be able to make the turn and touch the brakes slightly and take a quick look behind us in the brake light to see what I could. It was only about 20 feet or so behind us and I was kind of shocked that the thing was as tall as it was. It was not a bear, 7 feet tall and heavily built. Here my machine does 60 at the top and I pegged it after the corner, he said. I passed my friend on his machine. His machine does 70 and we race the 7 minutes back to the quarry to load up and leave quickly. You know, I just, at this point I just want to add with Tanner, the friend, he had no idea at this point what was going on. Only that Curtis and his fiancée or his girlfriend were tearing past him. On the way I could hear our girlfriend's voice over the engines urging us to go faster. I pulled up just 10 seconds behind him. Tanner weighs 260 pounds and he was lifting his 300-pound machine onto the open bed of his truck by himself as soon as I pulled up. He was helping me. Well, while we were loading my four-wheeler onto my truck, our girlfriends had taken my small tactical flashlight and they'd been shining it back down the road where we come and all around and, he said, I believe they were both talking about what we'd seen chasing us and I heard the word Bigfoot. As they showed the light, I noticed three surprising things. First, he said, 
There was a big black bear in the paintball part of the quarry. The local paintball club uses it about 35 yards away, and there was another. This is quite remote, and there was another. This is quite remote. And there was another smaller bear less than 20 yards away. These are both black bears coming slowly out of the bush on our side of the road. That would have been close to a valley drop off that goes down 500 feet at the edge of the drop off to the valley in the east. At that moment, I was still trying to strap my quad onto the truck bed and tanner and our girlfriends were standing right beside me. They were scanning the beam back and forth when I heard some kind of gravel noise down the road and the girls scream. I looked in the direction of the beam and I was really shocked to see a tall, heavy shape standing in the middle of the road about 40 yards back, the way we'd come. It was right on the road in front of a big waterfall area. It was exactly the size and shape of the thing that had chased us down Brown Mountain Road, about 7 feet tall, but it would have had to have been running 40 to 45 miles an hour to have got to where we were loading. I measured it out myself later, you know. 3.5 miles. It was really. It all matched. Well, the data confirmed it. When the light hit it, it dropped to a football player's stance. It was kind of bobbing up and down with one hand on the road and the other on its knee. At that time, the smaller black bear behind us that had just come out of the bush turned around and took off back into the bush, over the edge like, I want to get out of here. Everything was happening all at once. As the girls turned for the truck, I could see the beam hit the big bear in the paintball area, and it was going crazy knocking barrels over and crashing into things trying to get away from us or the big flipping thing. So Curtis summed it up, he said. The girls jumped in the trucks and they were yelling at us to get in and both Tanner and I started to drive off. In almost the same second, Tanner had to stop for 10 seconds to throw his ramps in the back and I looked back to see the thing. But there wasn't enough light, and I was focusing on getting out of there. We didn't stop at all. On the way back, my girlfriend and I talked about it. We both agree that it had to have been a Bigfoot we saw. We talked with Tanner and his girlfriend back in Ketchikan, and they agreed. That was it, he told me. I'll be back there for deer hunting, and I'll be carrying a camera, he said. What happened to us may sound amazing, but those are the straight facts as best as I can describe them, he says. I've seen documentaries of Sasquatches on television, and you have to say that the creature observed there twice the evening of August 26 matched the general description of a Bigfoot. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm a herpetologist. I travel frequently into the North Georgia mountains, up into the Helen area in the Chattahoochee-Aconee National Forest. On this day, I was going there to observe some wildlife that I frequently study. This was last September 2016. It was approximately 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening, and as I was going to my usual sites and I observed that there was no wildlife active. I didn't notice it at first, but I did later on, and as I was walking. I walked up to a ridge, and I noticed there was something diagonal from me. It was on the ground, and it wasn't moving. I was about 20 to 25 feet away from it. I moved towards it, and it jumped up and spun around very quickly. I realized, you know, this was something very out of the ordinary, something I hadn't seen before. And it was sitting there, and it was staring at me, and some minutes had passed, and at this point in time, it was making moans or growls. 
It was making sounds close to that. That's the best way I can describe it. It was man-like. It was approximately seven and a half to eight feet tall and four and a half feet from shoulder to shoulder. It was very large and bulky. Some might say it was ape, like, but in my opinion, due to my study in various wildlife, it was not anything close to being an ape. It was like a man. There was absolutely nothing ape about it. Very muscular. The hands, the best I can describe the hands are about a size 13 or 14 or maybe even larger as far as trying to fit a ring on it. Very muscular. I cannot stress this enough. You could see the whites of the eyes, unlike other creatures. They were squinted and aggressive. The forehead was not ape-like. It was more homo sapiens than ape. It did have full body hair except for the hands and feet. It was hair on the knees and elbows. It had hair like a man. The teeth. I was able to observe the teeth as they were bared most of the time. The teeth were like a man's. They did have three or four canines, but they were worn and pretty nasty. I stood in front of this creature for a significant amount of time. I didn't know whether to run or just stand there or do whatever you do. Definitely, this creature could outrun me. Like I was saying, the hands and the skin were tanned. They weren't black. I wouldn't even say dark brown. They were just tanned. It did have fingernails. Human. Like, they didn't have blood on them. I was able to tell that. This was all happening, and as I was observing its hands, he was sizing me up. That's the best way I can describe it. Then picked up a log. I was able to observe that. He was most likely right, handed. I know this is going to be hard to believe, but it's true, and it chucked it in my general direction. Notice I said him. It did have male sexual organs. I was able to observe that. No tail. It walked upright. It had brownish, reddish hair. It was matted. I'm not 100% sure if it was due to the Georgia clay or if that was his actual hair color. I was able to observe it was a mix of brown and red. After it chucked the log at this point in time, I started backing up slowly. It didn't charge me or try to beat me or anything like that I was expecting. I was slowly backing up. There was a strong stench and body odor. Somewhat that of a wet dog, but I'd say probably a hundred times stronger. I was backing up and this all happened within two minutes. And I slowly started backing up down the ridge and eventually I got out of sight and I made a beeline back to where I came from. It was definitely real beyond a shadow of a doubt. It was what some might say was a Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or whatever. It was not a man. It was not a native creature that's seen every day. Someone might make their own decision about it. That's all I got to say. There wasn't much to compare it to, but about 400 pounds. The forehead was sunken back and the shoulders were more forward. It didn't have a proper human posture. It was definitely leaning more forward than straight up. It's rare to see somebody that would be as muscular as that creature. It was exhibiting more caution on the verge of aggression. The eyes. I was able to observe the eyes did have more downright fear, but there was aggressiveness there. The eyes were squinted. The breathing was rapid and going by the noises the creature was making. It was threatened. This story is from around five, six years ago when I was a teenager, but I still remember it clearly. 
For some context, this was a wooded area near my hometown in the UK that had established bike paths and people visited regularly making it a decently known area, but still was large and had areas that no one would go to. It began when my friend and I cycled to the area to do some jumps and generally just ride around when we spotted a swing on top of a hill and decided we wanted to go up and use it. We did so and spent around an hour or two just talking and swinging and it began to get dark. My friend took off as he had to be back earlier than me and instead of leaving, I cycled around for a bit longer. I ended up cycling pretty deep into the woods until I was no longer on bike paths and instead barley visible dirt paths. I went up a, another pretty steep hill and this is when it happened. Below me, around 20 meters or so near the bottom of the hill, stood a man wearing a black leather gas mask, some kind of military looking jacket, and holding a long, thick torch in his hand. The torch wasn't on, and he was just crouching down in my direction towards the hill staring straight at the ground, and from what I could tell he wasn't doing anything at all. But then he looked up at me. I couldn't make out if he was staring directly towards me, but the cold black voids of the mask's eye sockets terrified me. I immediately nearly shit myself and leapt onto my bike. As I did, I heard heavy, rough, fast breathing getting louder, and I rode as fast I could for about ten seconds before quickly looking back. He was stood still at the top of the hill, no longer chasing but just staring at me with the same cold black eyes. I never told anyone what happened, not even any of my friends, and still now even driving past that place sends a chill down my spine. I know it's not a particularly amazing story but definitely scares me still.